name is Charles, the lead pastor here. Welcome to the Zoom Sunday service at the river. We are so glad you could join us. Well, we just had what is probably the most important election in our lifetime. The vote was split nearly half and half. It does look like Biden has won. He's been declared the winner. But the Senate will remain with the Republicans. The nation is divided. As CNN commented, it's just the reality that we are living in a time where we have this trench between two very different visions of what America is. What is America? To me, our country was founded with one incredible sentence, the first sentence of Declaration of Independence. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. Beautiful ideal. Nowadays, we kind of take this sentence for granted. We think, of course that's the way it is. Everyone is equal, right? Yes, but it was not always self-evident. Far from it. For most of human history, the self-evident truth was that human beings are not equal. In virtually every human thought, cultures, traditions, religions, every human civilization has systems to rank people by their worth. And most often, it was the dominant males at the top and the poor, the women, the conquered towards the bottom. In Japan, the samurai class could kill peasants at any time with impunity, with no consequences. In Russia, so far away from Japan, the conditions were similar. In India, the caste system ranked people by worth, not only in this life, but in their beliefs, countless lives to come. Even within our own faith tradition, in the days of Jesus, God's people had a daily prayer, Thank you God for making me free, not a slave, a man, not a woman, a person of faith, not a Gentile. Isn't it very clear there was a ranking system? The temple of God had different areas for different people. Men at the front, women at the back, Gentiles at the very back. But into this universal pattern of thought came Jesus and Christian faith that declared there is no difference between a person of faith and a Gentile, free or slave, man or woman in Christ Jesus. What a radical proposition when the daily prayer went exactly the opposite. No wonder the church at the time rejected Jesus and branded Christians as heretics to be put to death. I hope I'm communicating clearly.
Really? What a counterintuitive idea that equality was for most of human history. It is much more natural to think the successful, the strong, the victorious, the more beautiful people are more worthy. And so when America was founded with this ideal of equality, of course there was resistance from the beginning. Even the very people who wrote the Declaration of Independence, they didn't practice what they preached. They bought and sold black people as if they were cattle. Did you know that the original Constitution counted black people as three-fifths of a human being? Three-fifths? What is that? Fractional human being? How does that work? That is so insulting, don't you think? Black people had no rights. Also, women were not seen as equal either. They had no votes, no power to hold property. No, they were more like property themselves. So even while our founding ideal proclaimed equality for all, in practice, there has always been a caste system that had rich white men on top people of color, women, and the poor at the bottom. So given all that, the more interesting question is, how did the founders of America come to believe in the idea of equality to begin with? Where did it come from? It's such a new and counterintuitive idea. And in practice, even the founders didn't live up to it. That's why I believe this was not just a human idea. I believe it was the Spirit of God who was at work through the Founding Fathers. It was the hand of God at work through the Christian doctrine. Because once you believe that God became a human being and died on the cross for you and everyone else, not because of your merit, but because God regarded each human being as the beloved of infinite worth, each one of us. That's Christianity 101, no? Well then, it naturally follows that every human being is equally worthy. In fact, you could not call yourself a Christian and ascribe different worth to different people. Because Christ died for each and every human being regardless of anyone's characteristic in any way. And that's why the ideal of equality should be precious to every Christian because it is at the heart of the gospel. And so, of course, we should expect resistance because it's the gospel from forces of hell. Because this is at the heart of spiritual battle on earth between heaven and hell. Indeed, there has been such a long history of struggle over equality. Civil war, for example. As I mentioned before, top leaders of confederacy, devout church leaders at the time, called the founding ideal of equality a grave mistake, an offense against God. 
how mistaken they were. There were Pharisees at heart, even though they thought themselves a Christian. And following such deceived leaders, millions of people, self-proclaimed Christians, fought tooth and nail for the right to treat other human beings like cattle. In the end, God's truth prevailed. Thank God. But the cost was so high. Divisions from the Civil War still remain with us, with many Confederate monuments and flags still flying proud, especially in certain regions of the South. Listen to Lincoln in the most famous speech by a president, Gettysburg Address. Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. This is the test of our country and our faith, not just then, but now as well. Can a nation dedicated to equality endure? Can such faith group long endure? Because there is a pull in this world towards inequality. There is so much comparing and ranking everywhere using every kind of standard, not just skin color, but education, wealth, beauty, how you look, how you speak. There's so much ranking. Sometimes we can despair watching all the discriminations and injustice all around us. Kingdom of God seems so far away, so slow in coming. But here's the thing. The Spirit of God is at work. It can take a long, long time. But the hand of God has been at work in history throughout the world. Certainly, we still have a long way to go. But what is also true is that women are in much better position today. People of color are in much better position today. There has been real progress over the years. The kingdom of God has been on the march ever since Christ died on the cross 2,000 years ago. His death established infinite worth for all human beings regardless of any of our characteristics. Listen to the gospel. Each of you are worth the life of God incarnate. Just think about that for a moment. You are worth the life of God incarnate. Isn't that amazing? That is the gospel. That is why every Christian must fight for equality with everything we got. Because if we let different worth get ascribed to different groups of people, then 
we are rejecting the message of Christ. Let me repeat that. The death of Christ will not apply to us if we believe in different worlds and different groups of people. Again, the cross, the saving grace of Christ's sacrifice will not apply to you if you are willing to accept different words and treatment to different people. Because that reveals the real faith in our hearts. It reveals we don't really believe in the message of the cross. Rather, we are believing that something of human characteristic is what determines our worth, what saves us in the end. Which means we have rejected the message of the cross regardless of what we say we believe. Listen to this warning from the Bible. Who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen it yourself. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by being righteous and following the Bible's rules? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the Bible? Of course not. It is because of your faith in the message you heard about Christ. Here, Apostle Paul was passionately addressing a group of Christians who began their faith believing in the grace of God, believing in the undeserved salvation from the death of Christ that has nothing to do with our own righteousness. But then, they began to put their focus on being righteous and following the Bible's rules. They began to believe that being righteous is what makes you a real Christian. Let me summarize what Apostle Paul says to them in one sentence. That would make all your faith a big fat nothing. Everything hinges on taking in and staying with faith in the message you heard about Christ. God's love for us is not conditional. Death of Christ does not depend on anything about us. This is the message of Christ. Only when we really believe this can we love ourselves, our neighbors, and our reality unconditionally. Only then can we obey God's will for us in Christ as the Bible tells us. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Be grateful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This can only be achieved if we believe in the message of unconditional worth and love and acceptance. There is no other way. If we believed in conditions 
any condition attached to worth than life, well then, we would be happy only when the conditions are good. We'll be grateful only when good things are happening. So you see, the power and the uniqueness of the gospel is that the cross has judged all conditional way of thinking. It's only when we are willing to accept ourselves and our reality unconditionally can we find total peace within ourselves. God's will for how to live our life, every day of our life, is to live in the unconditional reality. It's there for us. The cross has opened up the door to the kingdom of God. And that key is the unconditionality of it all. The cross opens that up for us. The way of unconditional. So when we turn to God today, when we look upon the cross, when we close our eyes and reflect upon Christ on the cross, the Spirit of God will come to you. The Spirit of God will flow into your hearts and you will find the spiritual strength to accept yourself, your life, and those around you unconditionally. That is the promised river of living water that flows into our hearts. Only then can we truly be happy completely happy, forever happy, no matter what, with ourselves, with reality, with God. That is the kingdom of God. That is salvation, here and now and forevermore. Amen and hallelujah. That's why this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for us, unconditionality. As Christians, we are to live in the unconditional by faith. This is what it means to have saving faith. This is what it means to take up our cross daily. I will speak more on how all this works with more detail and examples during the Advent Sermon Series coming up in a couple of weeks. But for today, let me be clear, there is no other way. This is why Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father otherwise. Because if you believe in and live in the conditional, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So, let's be the people of the unconditional. Then, we'll be the light and the salt of the earth. Let's practice our faith in every sphere of our life, to bring light wherever we go. Forces that resist the grace of God is all around us to keep pulling us into the kingdom of the conditional. In Facebook, in Instagram, it's all about comparing each other. The pull is always towards the conditional. We must fight that. To pull down systems of worth in every form, not just racism, but also of meritocracy, every form of discrimination, as I talked about a few weeks ago. Unfortunately, though, Christians today 
is known for the opposite, for being conditional, for being judgmental. Because the American Christianity seems preoccupied with being righteous and following the Bible's rules, which is what Apostle Paul warns us against in the passage we just looked at. Let's listen to that passage once again, warning us, take this to heart. Who has cast an evil spell on American Christians? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made as clear to you as if you had seen it yourself. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by being righteous and following the Bible's rules? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely it was not in vain, was it? No. Let us live by the Spirit from the beginning to the finish. And heaven will open up for us as we practice living in the kingdom of the unconditional. Amen. Well, I'm out of time. I would love to hear your thoughts. So please join us on our Zoom Sunday service at 11.45 or in our weekly Zoom groups. I myself lead one on Wednesday evenings at 8. If you want to join us for sermon, worship, and communion together, please join us at 11 on Sundays. Hope to see you soon. God bless. Have a great week. Thank you.